It's happy hour again from Uptown New Orleans. Hello, I'm Grant Morris. Happy hour is part of the family of shows on the podcast network. It's neworleans.com. When you walk into a bar in New Orleans and you pull up a bar stool, you never know who's going to be sitting on either side of you. What you do know is no matter what they look like, what they're wearing, whether they just got out of a limousine or just got out of jail, they're going to be happy to talk to you because that's New Orleans. And this is happy hour, a cocktail-fueled 60 minutes of random conversation with folks who have nothing in common. Other than we're all New Orleans in a bar today, we're at the fabulous Wayfair on Ferret Street, and thank God you're back, Andrew Duhon, because you can read whatever it says above my head here about Wayfair. Oh, it's actually not it's above mo- your head. It's, it's not it's above it's moved, We've actually. moved. But We've moved yeah, tables. It's the Wayfair oh, happy can you hour. see that? Yeah, I sure can. It's 3 to 6 p.m. every day, half off all drinks and half off all starters, which is pretty sweet. Exactly, and Try a fantastic calamari. brunch on the weekend. You like the calamari? I'm a big fan. I like nice the arancini. Portion. What is oh, arancini, yeah, exactly? It's a uh, fried... Uh, ball of uh, risotto. So the idea oh. was back in the day when Italian grandma had made too much risotto, she'd take a little piece of mozzarella and make a risotto ball around it and fry it. And that's arancini. There you well, go. Well, you really know something about arancini. I don't know where I got that nice. info from. You might want to check it. <laughs> oh, okay, we can look it up. Well, good to see you back. You've been gone for a couple of weeks. Where were you? Making a record or wandering around? I was making a music video and I was Ooh. trout fishing. Really? Yep. Making a music and video. And there will be trout fishing in the video. I was nice. just going to ask that nice. question. Excellent. Oh, yeah. Paul Sanchez is here. Hey, Paul, how's it going? It's great to see you. It's great to be back. Not just one of New Orleans' most charming and erudite musicians, but one of New Orleans' most charming and erudite human beings. Oh, you're a lovely I would fella. say. Thank Wouldn't you, you agree much. with me, Andrew? Absolutely. Yes, have you heard of the guy's speaking see. voice? Just listen to it. It's I know. graceful. And you've hosted this show before. I have hosted the show. It was a pleasure. Oh, you're a great guy. It's great to have you back. It's and I see you have a new album. I see there's two new albums since we met you last. Yes. I released uh, Heart Renovations in uh, July 31st of last year. And then in Heart January of, uh, or rather April of this year, I released Life is a Ride. So. And I'm looking at Life is a Ride. I'm holding it in my hand, and I see on the cover of Life is a Ride is you walking. Yeah, isn't that funny? Yes. Is that meant to be ironic? <laughs> well, isn't life ironic? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Whose idea was that to have you walking on It was Life the Ride? artist idea. His name's Eric Gernhauser. He's a great guy and a great uh, graphic artist. Really? Great yeah. human? Gernhauser. Yes, he he's a good dad. He te- te- teaches Little League. Oh, really? And okay. is patient about it. Well, that's not, is that how you met him? No, I've known him since we were teenagers, so that's a long time in dog years. It, it is. It sure is. And Cherie Melanson France is here as well. Hey, Cherie, how are you? Well, I love that you said my name correctly. Really? There's a lot of ways to go wrong on that one. So many. What are the main ones that you hear wrong? Uh, Sherry, uh, Melancon, nice. <laughs> okay. uh, Franz instead of Franz. Yeah. Franz. Franz does yeah. sound better, though. I agree. The way you say it like that. But we're... In, we're from New Orleans, so we're very yatty, so, so we Franz. Can't, we can't say Franz. No. Okay, so Cherie Melanson, Franz. That's You correct. did very well. That was, that was nice. Don't you think Franz you, you sounds You winced more, a bit when you said yes, it. Yes, because I was going to say Franz, because that sounds more French, I, which it is. But it, no, no, it's, it's not ju- French. Franz it's is as German. German as you can get. Yeah, right. So you're German and French. Well, you're no, a, I'm married to German. Right, so you're a Melanson. Correct. Which is as Cajun as you can get. That is correct. And so is Duhon. That's Duyon. To you, buddy. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> we could be cousins. It's Duyon. We probably <laughs> are cousins. <laughs> Where is your family from, the Melanson's? You know, it's a tricky story because I'm adopted. So, but um, so am I. from New Orleans. Mark is ado- Mark Owens is here too, also adopted. Hello. <laughs> I'll tell you something that's really interesting. Graham DePonte, the best producer in the world, hooks people up to be on the show. Mm-hmm. And she's got an uncanny sixth sense of hooking people up who has some weird thing in common 
today it's adoption. And how many minutes have we been doing this? A minute? Two minutes? Two minutes. Two and a, two and a half minutes. Within two and a half minutes, we've already got on to the one thing you guys have in common, which is you both adopted. How crazy is that? That happens all good the stuff. time. Does it really? All the time. I hardly ever meet anybody who's adopted. Well, I don't know, maybe. How would I know? Uh, you'd ask. Do you, do or you tell, they'd tell you. Do you tell people that like up front all the time, like, to, like uh-huh. you just did now? No, well, yeah. Why, like do you, it's a, why do you think you have to say that? Well, I don't think I have to say it, but it's a part of my identity. The, the, the issue is uh, everyone, just like you did ask, um, where, where, what's your family history? Where are you from? Like, I have no fucking idea. <laughs> I was adopted <laughs> when I was two weeks old. So um, Ancestry.com is a good way to, uh, to try and track down Did you actually do that? Uh, it's sitting on the kitchen counter at home. And mine is on my nightstand. Get the fuck. Really? Hand to God. And it's been at my house for two months, and I am nervous as hell to do it. Oh, nice. You haven't, what do you have to do? It, Spit into it? Yeah, well, it's, yeah, it's, it's like a, swab. a whole thing. It's a little process swab, but you have to, um, you have to be alcohol-free, smoke-free, oh, everything-free. Food, drink, for, for 30 minutes. I mean, it's not like... Only for 30 minutes? <laughs> I know. So it's, <laughs> a, but, but that's it's a stretch. Like, that's like super hard. <laughs> For 30 minutes, you have mm. to have not had a drink or mm. a cigarette. Correct. Or, or anything else that you could smoke. Nothing. Mm. You can't yeah. smoke. 30 for 30 minutes. I can stay high for and four hours, like so it's no big deal. Right. <laughs> yeah. But it has like a giant like exclamation point in red saying like the test won't work if mm-hmm. you do those things. And so I'm like, the test costs $99. Yeah. I don't want to mess that up. Fuck you know what? Right. I, I would put up the other 99 bucks to do it both ways. <laughs> yeah. Actually, to you tell you the truth. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. I'll you do it. You know what? Deal. Yeah, you want to do it? You're okay. On. Okay, yeah. so you get fucked up, and then I'll pay the 99 bucks for when you send it in. <laughs> okay, done. And then you do it straight. What difference, what difference will it make? How can, you how, came from a different solar system. But how can, right. <laughs> how can alcohol mess up your DNA or chromosomes or whatever the hell they're looking at? For real. I don't, I don't need a DNA test to know that I came out of a bottle of booze on a Saturday night. Mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm. see, they just saved 99 bucks. You, you, want to split, you want to split it with me with the can I Can I just say something? There's a strong possibility that I was conceived in Fat City. Huh. That is the worst <laughs> news of my life. <laughs> Where did you figure that out from? I actually met my mother. Okay. So my mother's side of the family, I met. They found me when I was 21. Wow. Um, but I have no information about my father whatsoever. That's city. How oh, many, no. how many people talk to them? No, I'm sorry for you. Thank you. How Thank many you. people talk to their mothers about where they were conceived? Because we all know what that means. All right? I don't know. I think, you have to think of your mother having sex with somebody. She, she came out with this that? information on her own. What did she say? How did she put it? I met a man in, in Fat City. Hey, that's, if that isn't that a song it right there, you yeah. two. Yeah, we, we got that. Yeah. <laughs> a song or soft porn. So it's it's well, awful. for people who are listening to this outside of New Orleans, how would you describe Fat City? Hmm. Uh, well, the name says a lot. Um, <laughs> if you could imagine a polyester bourbon street. Wow. Hmm. Okay. With pants down... Like with, with the falling pants, with, with like mm. you can see the underwear. With buildings that that's modern day had the suggestion yeah. of looking like the French Quarter, in that maybe shutters were painted onto the mm. stucco. Uh huh. You know, neon flashing lights. Neon flashing, a lot of neon flashing lights. Sort of a mixture between the the ugliest strip in Las Vegas and Bourbon Street on a wretched evening. 
<laughs> yeah. I think that's, that's very, accurate. very good. Now there were some bad points too. <laughs> you know, they've come a long way. Yes, they have. They have. I'm talking about well, the 70s yeah, and 80s. Yeah, look, and they, they got Dragos. I'm, I'm man. being nostalgic. Dragos. They got Dragos. So, back when I was playing there. What month? This is what uh, Fat City looked like. What month were you born in, Sheree? I was born in June. June. What date? June. Oh, are we looking for my dad. June 16th, 1977. June 16th, 1977. I just turned 40. 6 16, 1977. All right. All right. And that's when I was playing in Fat City. Hey. Zeppelins, though, man. I used Not to Zeppelins. like Zeppelins. No, I didn't do Zeppelins. No, no, I, went I, to know, the show I, boat. I figured you didn't, but like I liked Zeppelins Ski at one Lodge. point. Ski Lodge. Oh. Hey, where did you grow up, Mark? In Fat City? <laughs> uh, no. Um, I actually came up on the uh, on the west bank of uh, Jefferson Parish. West okay. Bank. Yeah. So where, town. where were you adopted? Where were you living when you were adopted? Where were you born? Do you know? I was born in St. Petersburg, Florida, in 1970. Ah, okay. And uh, the um, uh, Catholic Charities, the nuns, aka the nuns, uh, put me on a plane at two weeks old and flew me to my uh, adopted parents. Wow. And they were in the West Bank. Same with you. Sure, you like to say something. Uh, same. Yeah. I, I was adopted through Catholic Charities as well. Yeah. They're pretty tight on their uh, on their records there. They don't release any of that information. That is absolutely true. Tight so. meaning they don't let it loose or meaning they yeah, keep they, it up? They, they, they keep it. They don't let you know anything. Really? It's uh, closed. Okay. So how did you find out what you know already? Uh, apparently my parents, uh, my adopted parents were, uh, were informed that I came from a, a large family. Um, Many brothers and sisters. Uh, the uh, my biological parents were um, were older and were not able to, uh, you know, to raise another child. So, hmm. me for adoption. Thank wow. God. How wow. interesting. And have you got a desire to go back and find these people from your birth parents? I've dabbled in that thought process before, but um, you know, more importantly than finding out uh, other biological blood family members. Um, uh, I chose to find out more about just myself, you know, and that was uh, right. that was uh, the biggest thing in my life was finding out about what myself. What did you find out? That you're awesome? Uh, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> uh, if you try hard, you can be awesome. You All know, right. you got to give it a little effort, though. You found you know. out that you can work out. Look at this. I found that out uh, early on, too, about 18 years old, you know. How did you got, figure out that got, you could do that? I don't think I could I look like that. I just got tired of getting sand kicked in my face, you know. Who was kicking the sand? Know, some asshole. Some little bastards yeah. in Jefferson Parish. Yeah. I would call no, him out right now. Yeah, what are their names? Good idea. <laughs> Grayson will Facebook them for you. I'll call any names in particular. We'll tag them. Tag them in this no, post. It, um, it, it's, uh, it's something that, uh, you know, if you're looking for it, um, you know, you can find your way in the, in the gym and build yourself up, build your self-esteem, do you confidence. Think, do you yeah. think that any of us could look like you? I hope you don't. <laughs> I can do a lot better than that. I can't imagine looking like that. Because you, you guys work out. Paul, you work out, guy? No, I'm not. I mean, this man looks like he could beat up dump trucks for a living. You know? Oh, I know. He's a seriously... I used to change tires for a living. That's cool. On Did you really? Yeah. You look well, you like know you could rip them apart for a They're living. They're really heavy, though. I mean, I'm sure that was a... Well, you know what Mark does now? He owns a gym. Nice. Uh, that yeah. That's sense. why he's in such good shape. Go. Mark, you know, Mark, who has the greatest probability of these... For to look most like you. This is Grayson Jernigan now. Voice of God. That's a good question. I think probably either of these two. Andrew's the younger, so he's Andrew's got a the chance. Youngest, so he's got a chance. Got a chance. Yeah. Potential. Paul actually was playing in Fat City when you were conceived. I was. We have to get back to that. Yeah. No. Is there any chance? No. There's that no, you no could chance. Be. Oh my no. God. 
dad. Sadly, no. What? I'm not calling you dad. Why? <laughs> Why would there be no chance at all? Um, my band was not popular, and I was not cool. I did not. Uh, Is that you didn't? I was not one of the lucky. Uh, you went banging chicks after the show. I wasn't. Was no. Nobody. No. Never. Casey gave a chick a ride chick. home who you right. know slept with another guy. That's but, so sad. Are you serious? Yeah. Yeah. That's nice. That's kind of clueless. Yeah, that's sad. What band were you in back then? It was a band called Godot. One of the reasons we weren't. G-O-D-O-T. Like the play. And wow. Trust okay. me, in New Orleans in the 70s, it was more like Godot and Godot. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. yeah. That's more difficult than Milan song. Yes, we were yeah. nerdy. Yeah. And what sort of music was it? It started out as kind of art rock, and then, of course, it was the 80s, so we turned into a new wave band and right. had a fight and broke up. Did you write stuff? I've been writing since I was but five you, years old. Did you write stuff for Godot? Yeah. Can right. you remember any of it? Oh, Godot song. Good lord. You want to try it? Oh no, that'd be that'd be that'd be racking the brain cells. That's you know. If you picked up the guitar and years. held it, I bet something would come back. I could sing a Godot song. Okay. You have to do the whole thing. Mine. Okay. Just do a little bit of it. Right. Okay. What's it called? It's called. Uh, if I can remember it, Jesus, this is 35, 40 years ago. I know. 40 if, if it was when I was born. Yep, that's right. Dad. <laughs> Stop. It's, we had a music teacher in college named Mr. Sadlier. Mr. Sadlier. And so our guitar player, Bobby Stevens, wrote Mr. Sadlier. And it, tell us, tell us, Mr. Sadlier. What key will it be today? But though we listen, we cannot hear it all. You fill us with analogies, destroy our sense of tonality. But though we listen, we cannot hear it all. We can hear its dissonance, hear you make no sense. We can hear you. Please remember when you tell me, Mr. Sadlier. I love it. Okay. Drama. That is good. It's amazing that you can remember those lyrics. I, can't really, quite I haven't frankly. played it in 40 years. Yeah. I can't believe it. Nice job, Mr. Sadlier. So, what happened to Mr. Sadlier, I wonder? He taught till he retired. Yeah. He, was, uh, he loved music. He was a very eccentric fellow, and we made fun of him way too often, but he. He, he taught us all, and he was he was always had the the kind of teacher that had chalk on his face, and oh, yeah. he was disheveled and unkempt and loved was he, music. Was he, he drinking? No, he just loved music, and he would get so into it that he'd get into a frenzy on the board writing notes, and he'd make a mess of himself. But he really loved teaching, and he really loved music, oh, and cool. that's why I, I guess why we wrote about him, and why I still remember him all Do you these years later. Think he's part of the inspiration that made you a musician? Well, I think everybody that ever inspired me and frustrated me as part of the inspiration yeah, right. that made me a musician. But Mr. Sadlier, nice to remember Mr. Sadlier. Is he still with us? I don't believe he is. It's a, I mean, you know, I'm, uh, it's a, college is a long time ago for me. That was, well, that was back when they used to have right. squirrels that ran the generators so you could uh, have lights <laughs> who, in the classroom. who wrote the song in the band? And got uh, a fellow named Bobby Stevens. He, Bobby Stevens. He still plays. He's, uh, he plays out at uh, the lakefront at Brisbee's with, a, a, I believe, a, a group he calls ASAP. Uh, him, and, right. him and the same buddy he's been playing with for 40 years. The guys that were in Godot? Lloyd, uh, I think, was actually a bass player in Godot, so yeah, it was, uh, it, was all, it was those guys. 
So you've really come a long way. They're, they're still playing the same stuff. Are they still? I wonder if oh, they're still playing Mr. Sadly. They, play Mr. Sadly. <laughs> 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 they do a lot of covers and stuff. I think he'd be tickled to know that I played Mr. Sadly today. Yeah, well, we can let him know. He probably hadn't played it himself in a long time. Oh, I'll definitely tag him on Facebook to let him know. Yeah, tell him that you played it. So what are you doing these days other than that? You've got Life is a Ride. That's the latest one, right? Yeah. Um, that one's a really special one to me. The, I think last time I was on, we talked about the Threadheads, the people that were right. New Orleans music fans from around the world that after the flood started a not-for-profit record label. And it was all volunteer. They donated money. Some of them were out of work and could only put up five bucks, but they just wanted to help. It started with one record for John Boutte, it turned into 53 CDs and $600,000 donated. And the guy who is, he didn't call himself the president, he called himself the head honcho, who had spearheaded all those fundraisers, was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer in November 16. And as he was going through the treatments, he began to get some pretty profound thoughts, and he's not a songwriter, but he wanted to share the thoughts with me and see if I could turn them into songs, and we did. And just as he gave up on Western medicine and went to Germany for some treatments that they didn't allow here, friends of his did for him what they, he had done for so many people in New Orleans. They raised the money for me to make the record with the songs that we'd written together. And most of the musicians on it did it for free because they'd all had records out on Threadhead Records. They just showed up at the studio and said, cancer sucks, I'm here. Susan Castle sent me an email and said, cancer sucks, I'm there. That's amazing. It was a beautiful project. We did it in one day. The young engineer, Nick Gutman, who mixed it, when I went in the next day, he said, I know he told you it was going to be two mixed days. I got the vibe. This is all love. I'm going to get this done today for you. Did he survive? Um, he was great, man. No, the, Chris was in New Orleans. He, he's from Santa Monica. He flew in uh, this weekend. Wow. Uh, wow. Because he had to miss Jazz Fest for his treatments in Germany, and he hadn't missed a Jazz Fest in 25 years. So he flew in and saw John Boutte on Monday night and saw me play with Andrew last night, and I cool. uh, dropped him off at the airport. He looked he great. He was wearing my shoes. Excellent. Excellent. He looked great. Thank you for asking. Absolutely. What's, so what's Threadhead? What, what does it mean? What's that name about? They met on a Jazz Fest chat forum mm-hmm. and became friends, and it would... It was people that were coming in town solo or, you know, just looking for somebody to hang with and meet me at the Congo Square stage for Shorty or meet me at uh, Miss Lena's booth, their booth, you know. Gotcha, yeah. And eventually they, be, they called themselves Threadheads from Meeting on a Thread and they Got started it. having little get-togethers. Okay. They, besides the record label, they do, um, because of a typo, it's called the Threadhead Pottery. And uh-huh. every year they do a par- party on Tuesday between <laughs> Fest and they have raised at that party in the last 12 years they've raised over $700,000 that they donated to New Orleans music related charities yeah they're great folks that's awesome you know it's funny about uh, those forums uh, right after Jazz Fest it was really before like Facebook became a thing thing and so like when I was like trying to get the Lakeview people together um, you know right after Katrina like I had I (laughs) I like organized a thing called Back to the Breach. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was okay, like, that's, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, and so never then, like, we, uh, like, I thought 50 people would come and 500 people came. I want a shirt. And, like, yeah. <laughs> there's no shirt. They came because we were trying to get access to our houses. Right. After, because we weren't allowed back into our houses. Right. And, Same it was, year. and it was October 1st. I Same mean, this year. is, yeah. like, so late. And so we organized this thing on this, um, you know, Yahoo message board. And we were all talking and we did this. Like, but it was really funny because I talk to my daughter now and I'm like, had we had Facebook then. You could have organized. It would have been a completely different yeah. story. Like not yeah. even close to what we ended up going through. But 
Yeah, ultimately, we had um, over 500 signatures on like a um, petition saying to Nagan that we wanted to get back into our houses, and uh, that got us in the next day. It was cool. We oh. got back. We were on the interstate, and my now ex-wife wanted to recover her wedding rings, which she'd left behind to get repaired. They belonged to her grandmother, and she wasn't going to stop. And we got to our exit at Elysian Fields, and there was a long line, and there was a National Guard with machine guns guarding the exit, and you had to have paperwork to get off the exit. And we didn't have it, and I looked at her and said, what are you going to do? And she's, without batting an eye, said, that's an on-ramp. And she went down the on-ramp, and of course nobody was coming up because there's nobody there. <laughs> went down the on-ramp, she had four-wheel drive. We got to our house, but it was, you know, it wasn't there. Of course, know. right, yeah. We, we thought we were going to our house. Well, right, Meg Ferris, after that whole thing, that day on October 1st, was like, do you want to go to your house? And I was like, you can get me into my house. And she's like, yeah. And so they did, like a camera crew followed us to our house. And we get there, and from the outside, it didn't look that bad, actually. Like, it didn't look all that terrible. Right, right, right. There was a big, giant footprint on my door. Right, from the but, door getting kicked yeah. in. Yeah, yeah. But, like, but it didn't look that bad, and then we walked in. Right, right. And I was like, you know, it was what it was. It was what it was. I got one of those funny coming home stories, too. Bring it. Nothing funny well, about it, but ironic. What is it? Uh, I evacuated two states away in northern Alabama. I had a... Uh, I have a five five day old son, and a um, and a six month old eight eight month old son at the time, and um, so we evacuated. And I had a, a friend that had stayed in. Uh, I was in Man living in Mandeville at the time, and I stayed in uh, and went over to the house uh, several days later. Drove around the cul-de-sac, called me and said, "Man, you you made it. It's your grass is high, but <laughs> your uh, your house is intact." And uh, you know, all the trees are up, and all oh, looks great. And I said, well, great, I'm on my way. I'll be there in uh, two days. So I got there, pulled in the driveway, put the key in the front door, opened the front door about six inches, and a, a pine tree branch wow. came through the... So a pine tree wow. had split the house from the wow. back, but you couldn't see it on the wow. other side of the peak. Oh. It split right down the middle. I drove the whole way thinking, man, I survived Katrina. About $80,000 worth of whatever yeah. at least y'all y'all um, at least i had a house y'all didn't have a house fun fact we had a a giant oak tree in our backyard and when we realized that we had basically lost everything i was actually praying that that oak tree was also going to hit our house so that we could get homeowners in addition to flood and it hit our neighbor's house uh, and he perfect. made out like a bandit damn it <laughs> and like we next still time. talk about it no no next time Shh. That's a good point. No, there is no next time. So back to music. Yes. You want to play something off this new album, sure. Life is a Ride? I see you brought Justin Malais on here with you. Well, Justin and I know, know something, but not off of this record. If you want him to sing. Oh, you want to do something else with Justin? Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. And I'll do push-ups. Uh, would you? Okay. We can do arm wrestling. And I'll sip this We're drink. doing, Justin okay. and I are doing a show on Friday <laughs> at Chikiwawa, and uh, he learned this song, uh, of mine called Colorado that uh, Beaten Path had covered. Skeet Hanks has this incredibly high voice and Justin has that gift. Okay. So, not, so this is not off Life is Right. This is off a whole other... This is off of Between Friends. It's a, it's a CD where I wrote songs for my friends to sing. So it has Darius Rucker. Uh, it has uh, Kevin Griffin from Better Than Ezra. Oh, right it has Susan on. Cowsill. 
has a lot of great singers doing my stuff, and one of them was uh, the guys in Beat the Path. Okay. Can we swing these around? Looked out the window, what did I see? Saw Colorado smiling at me. Snowy white whiskers on a high mountain peak. Crystal blue skies rain down over me. And if I could see clearly just for a moment, I would know all that was true. If I could see clearly just for a moment, my heart would still lead back to you. Climbed up the mountains to look at the stars. The edges got thinner, my heart it got hard. Took in the beauty, felt dizzy inside. Older in time, like Buddha's on eyes. And if I could see clearly just for a moment, I would know all that was true. If I could see clearly just for a moment, my heart would still lead back to you, to you.
Yeah. Lovely. Here's to guys that can yeah. sing. Nothing, yeah, I was going to say, nothing better than, as a songwriter, than yeah. to have a great singer sing your stuff. Really? You know? I can't relate Justin to that. Justin Malay song. That Thank was you so much. Not Malay song. Not Malay song. Malay song. How do you spell your name? It's M-O-L-A-I-S-O-N. That's crazy. Really? Yes. And that is, is Cajun the same? Cajun's the same, yes. All the Cajun's exactly the same. That is nutty. I've never met somebody named that. Well, it's nice to meet you. We are not related, but, you know. Well, you never know. I'm sure we get each other's mail. We get each other's mail. That happens a lot, yeah. That is great. So can we hear that song somewhere other than here? Where is that? Yes, it's on a CD called Between Friends, and you can find it on uh, iTunes. And we can steal it on Spotify. And you can steal it on Spotify, for sure. However, you know, look it up on YouTube and, uh, right. and listen nice. to it for free. Between whatever. Friends. It was beautiful. Very nice Thank to you, hear baby. that. Yeah. Indeed. Andrew, we're going to make you play a song in a little bit. What, sure. What, what music video did you do? What song did you choose? A song called The Heart of a Man, which is, uh, I don't know, it's in the top two or three that we'll call singles. We'll release a few right. with videos, and this, is, this will be one of them. Okay. You want to do that in a bit? I could play you that one, or I could play you a new or something one. something else? A yeah. new one, even. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. I like, I like to well, challenge myself to play you a new song. Okay. Yeah. Well, let me know when you want to do that. No, you let me know I'll when you, you want know. to do okay. that. I'll let you know. Okay. So, do you, who goes to the gym here? Anybody? If you like them new, I'll just write one you for you. Write, can you yeah, write just, one? Just write one on well, the we'll talk about Grace Muscle. We'll talk about the gym and working my, yeah, out. My, my money goes to the gym. Um... You pay the gym and you don't go? That's right. My money goes to the gym. I uh, I did that for a while, too. I just paid and paid and paid. I never went. Next subject. I've I've been on the road for a while. But uh, I'd like to get back in the swing. Tell me, me, do you have any tips on getting back into the swing of the gym? I do. So I have this this inclination that uh, people are only going to go and do something when they feel like they have a reward and right across the board everybody will do something they feel like they're going to get something out of and um, nine times out of ten you know, you're going to go to a place um, to a, you're going to join a gym and you're going to feel uh, you're going to walk in there and you're going to feel like you don't know what the fuck you're doing and so you don't know feel like you belong there and you da 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 so my whole um uh, you know, my whole plan was to open uh, a facility, uh, create the energy in there that gave people a reason to come back. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not talking about, you know, I'm not talking about instant gratification when it comes to your um, to your body, but instant gratification when it comes to um, to feeling like you did something positive for yourself, and then. On the on the other side of that token, feeling like um, that you were welcome and that you would want to come back and that you um, you know you had a you felt you had a good experience. So um, how are you cultivating that environment? That yeah that that comes from um, uh, you know putting a lot of thought into what um, you know what people connect to uh, what 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 connects with people on a on a different level um, other than just other than just aesthetics, and I and I went I went all the way with the aesthetic, uh, and the the lights and the smells and the sounds and and, the and everything. Smell. Yeah, you, you got to put smells in there. You gotta, it smells, I'm sure there's it a lot of smells good. in there. Huh? Uh, it doesn't smell like a gym, I promise you. That's amazing. Um, how do you, how I do you adjust um, the smell on a gym? Well, you, you have a, there's a company called um, called Synth Air, 
And uh, if you walk into a, a lot of major hotel brands, um, you'll smell a very distinctive smell that's very good and uh, makes you feel good. And you remember that smell. Um, so I, uh, I contacted um, the local Centair um, representative and they came and put a, uh, put a device inside the gym. So every time you walk in there, it smells like either, uh, well, there's 1,200 scents that I have to go through and you know, we change them. I would pick you one. You had to pick. sniff them all and pick yeah. one. Mm-hmm. Sniffer. How did you do that? Uh, Which one did you go for? What's it called? That's a good question. You know, um, we went through a crap load of them, but I ended up going with the uh, with more of a, like a eucalyptus uh, smell. Okay, so. that's, that's uh, not. Uh, and uh, is it some sort of n- not chemicals? I assume then, because you wouldn't want to be breathing in some sort of chemical type. Um, I didn't read the label, but I'm sure there's some type of chemical. But it's um, it's very faint and it's very uh, it's okay. it's very subtle. It's Subtle. not it's not something that you know hits you in the in the face as soon as you walk in. But after you're standing there for you know a couple of minutes, you go, oh, this doesn't smell like a gym. It doesn't look like a gym. It doesn't sound like a gym. What does like it look gym. like? Well, first um, of all, what's it called? It looks it's like, called, it's called Prime, Prime Fitness. Prime Fitness RX. Prime and, Fitness um, RX. We adopted the RX um, at the end. Uh, it's uh, more of a prescriptive type exercise routine for each individual person. Um, uh, as I uh, didn't mention before, but we, uh, my wife and I started as personal trainers uh, about 11 years ago and um, <clears throat> built, such a, um, built such a following uh, and client base that um, enabled us to open our own place. And when we did that, like I said, I wanted to, uh, we wanted to give our own take on a, what we thought a gym should be. So, we went up to, uh, we traveled the country, went up to Manhattan, we went to Miami, um, we went out to LA. We did a lot of a reconnaissance um, on, on different, what people were doing with gyms. And then, um, and then we did our thing. And our thing is, uh, in, in New Orleans, Louisiana, I promise you, you won't find another place like it. Um, okay. And we have a lot of, uh, we have a lot of uh, travelers, uh, visitors uh, to the city, um, as you well know, for uh, conventions and events. and. And uh, they all come in and they they ask one question: Where are you guys? Uh, are you from LA or are you from New York? You know, where's where's the base? Uh, this has got to be a franchise, and you've got to be based out of LA or something. Like, no, this it looks is the, too slick. This to be is New one, it's it's a one-off thing. Um, I built well, it myself. Now we have to go look at this joint. So, yeah? yeah, yeah. So people ask: Is it a, is it a nightclub? Uh, unfortunately, we don't sell alcohol there, but we have had parties in there uh, on White Linen Night and things of uh, wow. things of that sort. Okay, and, uh, now I'm intrigued. Where are you located? I'm wondering if I'm wondering if you'll spot me for a couple sets or something. Uh, yeah, okay, I, I, yeah, I'm at your service. <laughs> Twenty. Cool. We're 24 hours. Listen to the facility. Let's just well. look at the extensive uh, information I have about you here. It's like five lines, but t- but two of them are lists of names of people who have been to this gym. It says you've worked with notable clients such as I don't even know who these people are, except till I got to Dave Chappelle. <laughs> that's a that's a very funny story. Um, Great story. That happened uh, when we see in town uh, at the Sanger about three Just or four, a few weeks four months ago. No, yeah. it was, it's been a couple months. Okay, it's been several months. Um, but uh, we were uh, uh, we were on the uh, Frenchman Street at the Art Market Sunday night about uh, six o'clock. Uh, my wife's brother was in town from D.C. We were shooting Jameson. We were celebrating. We were having a great time. And uh, the my phone rang and. Uh, <clears throat> And for, for whatever reason, I answered it, and uh, he's a member of the gym. And uh, Pete says, hey, Mark, um, there's a guy here. Uh, he wants to work out. He said, the Sanger Theater sent him over. Well, 
I have a I have a working relationship with the Sanger Theater. They send the talent over, and we usually um, we usually comp the uh, you know the talent for tickets or whatever. That's something very like cool. that. Yeah. So That's just smart. a perk of, of the job. So anyway, um, so I said, well, who is it? What, or what, what company is it? You know, what, what production is it? And he said, I don't know. And I said, well, can you ask him? And he said, well, he's, he's, on a, he's on a treadmill. I said, well, get him on the treadmill. Let me talk to him. So he, he hands the phone to him, uh, to him and, he, and he says, um, hey, Mark, this is Dave Chappelle. <laughs> and I put the phone down to my, to my hip and, um, and I said, man, who is fucking with me? And so I, <laughs> I came back up on and I said, um, who is this? He goes, Mark. In Dave Chappelle, Mark, this is Dave Chappelle. <laughs> I'll be right there. So I ran, knocked like three old ladies over, and got in a cab and went to the went to the gym. And there was Dave Chappelle standing there, um, and uh, he looked amazing. He'd been working out for a year straight, uh, seven days a week. Uh, wow. Well, he hasn't been working for yeah. a long time. Yeah. Well, he I don't know what his uh, well, he quit. his touring schedule. He quit everything, is, but, and I guess he just worked out every day. Yeah. How? Awesome. So did you hang out with him? Did you work out with him? Uh, I trained him. Uh, he was in town with Chris Tucker, and uh, they did a um, stand-up at the Sanger uh, about four nights, five nights. And uh, Yeah, I um, had the opportunity to train them. Um, did, some, uh, did some resistance training, some suspension training. And, uh, <clears throat> and then I hooked him up with a seriously, seriously uh, best ever gift bag. Uh, for his stay here, and um, gave him a key to the place, and uh, you know, let him work out for the week. So All right, it was, good uh, it was yeah, it was good, good you know, experience. I met him in uh, the late '90s. Uh, he had done a show at Tulane, and I brought a, a, a VHS copy of Half Baked with me with a sharpie because I wanted him to sign it. The wor- like one of the things that I lost in Katrina that hurt, like hurts my heart so bad. But uh, when he was doing a set, we I was like I don't know three rows in, like I was super close. And uh, and he asked like, who in the audience like feels bad for Monica Lewinsky? And I ra- I was the only one that raised my hand because I'm like I think she got a bad rap. I don't think that that's cool. And uh, and we had like banter back and forth, and then we met after, and it was amazing. I was the only one that brought anything for him to sign, like the only one. And keeping and, the world small. Did you bring him anything for him to smoke? I was in uh, uh, Cowboy Mouth had a song in Half Baked. Ah, okay, you know. another good. We cooking. recorded the Pusher Man. It's a really funny movie. Like I, we enjoy uh, it. I don't know. Pusher Man. Used to be on all the song, yeah. 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 They used to be on TV all the time. Half-baked, damn, the pushing man. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah, it's really funny. Anyway. That is a small world. So, Sheree, how did you get... So, you, you have your small, uh, small, your small business as well. I you do. You started off... You have a business called Thinkerella. Curtis Mayfield. That's what I was trying to get. Curtis, Curtis, Curtis Mayfield. Curtis Mayfield. You know, sing a song Pusher Man. And, uh, that's right. I'm your Pusher yeah. Man. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, this is a different one. This is okay. the Steppenwolf yeah. version. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, so, yeah, so I've owned Thinkorella since 2014. Uh, I started out, um, my daughter, I brought her to, I had booked her a princess birthday party on the North Shore because there was a group on. Mm-hmm. So depressing. And so I brought her over there with a bunch of her friends, and I'm watching them get their makeup put on, get, like, 
spa treatment, their nails done, and I'm sitting there and I'm watching it and I'm thinking, oh my goodness, what am I doing? Get these, these girls are, a tattoo. These, <laughs> no, these are bright young women, <coughs> like bright young girls. They need, they need makeup is not what they need. Like, that's not what they need. How old were these kids again? Uh, Annabelle was 11. Well, that's a good time. age for makeup. And so they get made up. I bring them to a pizza place, but the whole time I'm mad at myself. And so the drive back um, from the North Shore, I'm thinking, how would I do that better? What would I do? And I thought, well, instead of spa robes, I would give them lab coats. And instead of, you know, spa masks, I'd give them safety goggles. And I came home and I told my husband, I said, um, I want to start a business and this is what I want to do. And he's like, okay. And we talked about it for a little and he said, let's talk about it tomorrow morning. So I said, okay. Went to bed. The girls are giggling the whole night. Like they slept over. And uh, the next morning, like overnight, I came up like with Thinkerella. So I wake up and I'm like, it should be called Thinkerella. And my husband's like, yeah, you need to, um, you need to go ahead and check to see if that is copyrighted, like immediately Good or advice. trademark or trademarked, like whatever. And I go and I look and it wasn't. And so he immediately was like, do it now, apply for it now, do it now, immediately. And so I did. And so, um... I started my business, K. Um, well, can you tell us a little bit of what, what exactly is it? It's a. Well, uh, so we, uh, it's a STEAM company. So we do science, technology, engineering, art, and math for kids three to 13. They all get like little lab coats and safety goggles. And we have, we do like um, science experiments that are super safe and, but fun. No fire? No fire, no. Um, <laughs> actually. Is like a birthday party? That's not fun. Uh, uh, well, it started as a, birth a birthday party venue. Actually, Kay Morrison, that owns The Occasional Wife, um, was wonderful to me and allowed me to rent from her on the weekends. And so, and she charged what, what, what me 40, forty dollars a day. All Any right. day I used it, I could have got it for your wholesale. And I walked to why her. Would, why do little girls want to be dressed up as scientists instead of getting makeup done? Um, because it's much cooler. Is it? Yeah. Do they think that? Do little girls think that? Yes, they do. You dabble in the arts as well? Uh, yeah, so that's the thing. So the art component comes in where it's something that um, might be too dangerous for us to do. So like uh, fireworks, for example. We'll do a firework art project, but then they'll also get to learn um, all the components of fireworks, like how they're made and like what they're used for and like how that goes. And so... Um, it, it works really well. Right now we're in the middle of Thinker Kids Camp. I mean, that's what I was about to say. So it morphed from a birthday party venue to doing scout sessions and general sessions for everybody to Thinker Kids, which is my after-school program that's been in over two dozen schools across the city. Um, I have three different programs, uh, pre-K through first, second through fourth, and fifth through seventh. And who's paying for this? you pay like as you go, like kids... So the parents pay for the program right now, but this year, this year, I have teamed up with a nonprofit that is going to allow me to get into inner city schools and public schools so that the parents don't have to pay for it, which uh -huh. has been the goal all along, but I had to start where I had to start. Right. And then, um, so that would be paid for by 
the school board or the school itself? Um, you know, I'm not 100% sure. Um, because that's their job and not my job. Like, we just work together. Like, but their job is securing the financing. And so when, so you, when you send your kid off to school, you presume that they're going to learn some sort of science, though. Not after school. Um, but they don't get to play with fireworks. No, actually, a number of public schools have cut science. No. Yes. That's crazy. That, that is happening. Talking? They've cut I science. I've heard they've cut arts. No. no they've they've cut, cut si- like hand to God. Cut science. It, it's a shame. It's awful. What and are the, the names of these schools? I would like to find I it. am not telling you that. Do you know the names of them? I do. I'm not telling you You have to that. tell me the name of a school in New Orleans that cut its science program. I'm not going to tell you. I'll, but I'll, that would be front page news but, if we uh, had a newspaper that cared. But the great thing about the surprised. program is that really? they get little lab coats, they get safety goggles, so it's almost like they become the little scientists just immediately. Cut, just, just appointed the uh, head of NASA, a non-scientist. The president of the United States did yeah. that. I'm shocked to hear that, really. President uh, appointed a non-scientist who did he, of NASA. He appointed a non-scientist the head of NASA. Who would that be? What What Ooh. did he do before he became the head of NASA, this guy? I don't, I don't recall his name, but it was uh, on, in the news like two Wall days Street. ago. Two days ago. Elton John? <laughs> I think it was a rocket man. He was right. <laughs> probably a good idea. Yeah. Wow. Okay, so Sir Elton John. public schools in New Orleans are cutting science. That's the big headline, I think, from today's show. Uh, that's not a good headline. No, but I, I, I just can't believe it. I'm hmm. sure that you've been... Dr- how many of you, these drinks have you had? Four. Two. 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 two, that's all. Okay. Two drinks. Two die After two drinks, you're, you're believing that... No, that, that absolutely happens. Like, I'm not even lying. But why wouldn't you tell me the name of the school then? Is it why, what's I'm the not secret? Doing, because I'm not. But why is it a secret? She wants to do Nobody business with them. To this, don't yeah, because I want to do. No, business. only Andrew's mom was listening. Because I want to do business with those schools. I would think they would have to do business with you because they're not teaching science anymore. So they're outsourcing it to somebody. Do you have a bus or something that shows up? No. Um, so so I actually hire the teachers at the schools to facilitate the program after school, okay. one hour a week, usually for twelve weeks during our semester. And uh, since I started the program, which has been two and a half years, I've paid over $60,000 in supplemental income to teachers. And so the good thing is they don't get paid enough. And so that's I cool. pay them extra. And oh, so, that's um, cool. yeah, it is yeah, very, that is cool. that's actually. So it's like extracurriculars for teachers. I mean, yeah, and they get money. Well, right. Right. How and do these teachers know what to teach? How do they, if they're not teaching science in school? I, provi- I actually oh, hire, I hire certified teachers to write my program. And, um, and I, now I have over 300 <laughs> science experiments in my bank. Um, I've got 300 in out. my bathroom, actually. <laughs> But like three hundred in my bank, so I'm I'm banking them. I keep I keep paying for why, it. And I why keep don't banking you open them. a school? I don't want to open a school. I want to. Um, I I would actually like to expand more in Louisiana and then eventually national. It's like a camp, right? It's like a, it's I have a camp. I have a two week camp happening yeah. right now. Called Thinker Kids Camp. Well, you're very calm if you've got a whole bunch of kids and they're in camp and you're just here having a few cocktails. Um, I'm, I pay teachers to run the camp. Oh, really? That's what I call she mom, mom of the year. Well, I have a son that's uh, a 10 and he has autism. And I have a daughter that's 14 that now was just diagnosed with a heart condition. So oh my goodness. I have I have reasons to not be there all the time. But right. yeah. But um, What sort of heart condition does she have? 
You know, it's called POTS, and if you're going to ask me to tell you what that, those, that acronym oh, it stands, stands for, for I something? can't do it. Yeah, it does. P-O-T-S. Pulmonary. Correct. Pulmonary. Uh, yeah, mm. I, I, I really don't know, honestly. Like, I'd have to pull it up. Grayson, I'll and tell somebody you else has my phone. You don't have a researcher sitting somewhere over there? <laughs> like, uh, Grayson's on the on case. He's going to tell us right now. It what stands for postural. Huh. Oh, geez. It's, it, this is. How would you say this? Postural orthostatic thycardia. Uh, car, uh, Tachycardia syndrome. There you go. And what are the uh, symptoms of that? She's, high, um, high she's, raised tired, heart rate? she's tired. High heart rate. Actually, she's on. A blood pressure medication that she takes three times a day. And she's she 14. Correct. Oh, my God. She had to up her salt intake. Mm. She doesn't have enough blood in her body, so she has to drink like an enormous amount of water. Mm. Like Good. Exercise be helpful. Hey, um, how do you turn water into eventually, blood? Eventually. Not now, but yes. And then uh, when dizziness, uh, she has uh, fatigue. It goes on and on. Poor it's awful. Kid. That is hard. I know. That's a rough life for her. I'm working Ooh. on it. I don't know. But yeah, so anyway, so running the business, one kid with a heart condition, one kid with autism. Jesus. But I have a very supportive and loving husband. Just give him a shout out because he's amazing. Mr. Franz. Y'all are a great team. Arthur Franz, yes. Arthur Franz, okay. The fourth, but yeah. The fourth, okay. So now here's Andrew Duhon or Duyon, depending on where you come from, with a guitar in hand. So this is a new song that you wrote when exactly? Again? This is a new song that you wrote when? Today? I'm glad you asked. I knew this was going to be a good answer. So, uh, okay. You know, you, you uh, travel around, you play songs, if you're the singer-songwriter type, right? Mm-hmm. And I uh, always thought about what, what was special to me about it, you know, that process, and I think it's it's cyclical and that's what's special to me is you go places to be inspired well and you are inspired whether that's why you went there or not you uh always inspired by the the uh the newness of a place and what makes you uncomfortable and uh and then you write about it and then you probably return and then you can play a song to people that was inspired by the place that they're from probably nuances uh, or minutiae that they might not be as keen to because they're more familiar with the place. But, but, you're, you, but you're inspired by something that makes you uncomfortable. You yeah, sure. Really? Well, I, you know, newness is, is uncomfortable. I think uh, the comfort zones are, are places uh, devoid of change or, or, you know, branching out into some new thought. Right. Um, so anyway, yeah, the, the, I, I, I like this song not because I think it'll be on a record someday, but because uh, it was the first chance that I got to very efficiently um, go visit Colorado Winter, Winter Park specifically. I was out there for recreation. I was camping up in the mountain and, uh, and then happened to have a show in that same place in Winter Park uh, two weeks later. And I just had a thought while I was up there, so I wrote it down and I, I wanted to make sure to write a song uh, or have a draft by the time I came to Winter Park to play it because I thought, you know, that's, a, that's an interesting thing, I think. To, yeah. To be a visitor and write from a visitor's perspective about someone's home. You know? Right. So uh, yeah, this is uh, this is that. Can you hear that?
I come down from the mountain, down from my time in the woods, down from the mountain, where the cool, clear water and the wild wind done me good. I only brought a week's worth of supplies. Oh, but I'm fairly sure that I could have long since survived on what nature does provide. Maybe so, but never mind. I've come down from the mountain, down from that switchback road. I come down from the mountains where I'd never seen so many stars aglow. Supplies, and now I'm back in central time. Where all these worries fill my mind, and now I miss the fireside. And I'm wondering why I've come down from the mountains, I got a story to tell Down from the mountains With this little song I've been whistling to myself in Colorado. Oh, nice. That's where it was. I yeah, was in it. No, I was just there. Yeah, I me was too. In Colorado. I felt the sun on my face. I heard the mountain streams. Like, that was awesome. Yeah, yeah thanks, that, man. That was really beautiful. Paul, funny thing, huh? It oh, really yeah, was. Great. Great. Thanks, Paul. Yeah, thanks, you. I can see why you wouldn't want to put that on a record. I mean, the romance of not recording that because it's such a beautiful sort of moment to capture. Well, I think, I think uh, it's important lately for me to not um, feel like every song has to be uh, an album song. You hear writers talk about that, yeah. you know, and I think that's great advice is, is you're not always trying to write your record or write your book or write your book of poems, whatever it is. That, you right. know, you're not always making your movie. You might just be filming things. You're, you're just capturing. You're just writing. And, is it uh, like for the rest of us the difference between being there and being on Facebook? <laughs> Wait, say, uh, being there and being and on being Facebook. Off, yeah, I mean, are you like not in the moment if you're thinking about a song, or you're not in the moment if you're thinking about a, a, a painting or um, story? Well, I recommend that you don't spend as much time on Facebook, but I, I still think I'm confused about what you're asking. Well, you mean, I mean, you're thinking, you're saying you can't think about everything you do in your life as an experience that can be written into a song uh -huh. to put on a record, right? That's and a difference. That's a difference in a sentence. The difference in the sentence is he's, he's like he's not he's saying I can't think of every song I write as being for a record, because 
if you start thinking about it as I'm writing for this record, then you start thinking of the other songs you've written for the record, and you mm -hmm. tend to tailor it to that style thematically and musically. Yeah. And so I, I see that point, although I've never like I, I sometimes get in projects where I have to write for the record, mm -hmm. but I, ever since I've been writing, that's a long time. I've been compelled to write. The songs come to me, and I'm I go blind. I can't see where I am anymore. I just walk and wander and write them in my head until they're done, and then they are what they are. And I, I understand writers that try to write for records, it, and I've been in bands where you had to. I find it to be a, uh, I won't say self-defeating, but I will say very challenging thing, mm -hmm. because very few records ever really sell anyway. Sure. So if you tell your songs to a record with the goal that you're going to have a successful record, then you're sort of crippling yourself because a successful record is an honest expression of who and where you are in the universe at the moment and the financial chips got to fall where they will unless you got a big record company behind you in which case absolutely tailor them sure. <laughs> there's a difference between art and entertainment they're not mutually exclusive but um, but they are different and I think you know you you write to capture or or, or you know try to speak your human voice uh, generally but if you're trying to entertain then that's not entirely true so. That's a beautiful song. I mean, I would see no yeah. reason not to record that. It's such a beautiful, I agree. intimate. I mean, Agreed. Especially when the big guy next to you at the end of it goes, yeah, I've been in that moment. Mm -hmm. Thanks. You guys should hear the other ones, though. Let me tell you something. <laughs> well done. The best, the best thoughts, the best um, thoughts and moments I've ever had in my life have been under, um, under the weights. Uh, the best thoughts have come to me. And um, I'm sure you guys can relate as artists to that, uh, to something that's, uh, you've been somewhere and something's like, uh, completely taken your um, your thought and and focused in on something so hard that you you can't you can't think about anything right. else in the world except for what you're thinking about yeah. and and answers come mm -hmm. right, you know mm -hmm. they, sure that's yeah. that's being in the now yeah you know, whether it's songwriting or weightlifting or whatever it is you do it's being in the flow and then that's that's when the best stuff happens exactly thank so you so I will remember when it comes time for my record to write for the record. <laughs> Exactly. You know, Keep that's that gonna in mind. happen. That's where the money is. Your baby. record's coming up pretty soon. What's, sure. What are you going to call your first record? Because that's one of the big perennial problems we have here. Uh, on this. Carnival Girl. Carnival Girl, Andrew. That's the name of you and your record right there. It's perfect. It's perfect. I, I, I got the love it. work in my head already. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, you have the last word today, Sherry. Thank you so much for coming up with Andrew's record title. We've had. A, have you gotten any closer to figuring that out, by the way? No. No. Okay. So that could be it. Carnival Girl. Great. I'm going to write that down because we're going to forget that. Yes. Nobody right. forgets it. Did you say something, Mark? I got some ideas for the video for that. For Carnival Girl? Yeah. Good idea. Yeah. Okay. Well, we've got someone. Who's going to shoot this video? Who shot the last video? Hunter Holder. Hunter Holder, uh, another great name. Yeah. That is a great name. Yeah. It's a good, excellent name, yeah. yeah. And he's, a, he's got an excellent eye, both uh, stills and, and video. Right. He's, yeah. Does he have two? What's that? Yeah, he, you're exactly okay. right. Okay. You had the last word there, Paul. That's your two eyes. Okay. <laughs> We're out of here. We've got to get the hell out of here and make way for paying customers. Thanks for hanging out with us. We're at the fabulous Wayfair where they have white tablecloths now. How did you like that for today? I love Do you it. think That's it nice. changed the tone of the show? I thought it was a far more high tone. It's a nice, yeah. Touch. Yeah. nice touch. Thanks for the invite. Thank hey, you you're for welcome. having me. Hey, you're welcome. Our guest today have been Cherie Melanson, France. Still very difficult not to say France. Mark Owens. And Paul Sanchez. Pleasure. Thank you so much for you. all your. There's links to all these people's work and uh, what they do on our website, itsneworleans.com. So you can go and check that out if you're uh, not able to get to a computer when you get to one or to your phone. Go check it out. Thank you to, or to uh, Basics Swim and Gym. We can get a full range of yoga clothes and uh, fashion swimsuits. 
along with bikinis, poolside wear at Basic Swimming Gym right next to the lingerie store, Basics underneath on Magazine Street, and thanks to the Hangover Destroyer, the only all-natural product medically proven to prevent a hangover, which uh, you can find at hdestroyer.com, their website, and if you write happy hour on the coupon code, you can get 30% off of your first order of Hangover Destroyer, and you too can seize the dawn. Thanks to Graham DePonte, who produced our show, and our associate producers, Alison Moon and April Stolf. Christian Unruh is our music director, and Jean Valois is our music producer. Our tech director is Thomas Walsh, and our live feed directors who put all this on Facebook Live are Asher Griffith and Grayson Jernigan. Our theme music was written by and is currently being played by Mitch Foreman. If you'd like to be on our show and you can stay upright for about an hour while drinking cocktails, drop us a line. Our address is on our website, itsneworleans.com. We can also hear many more hours of Happy Hour that we recorded previously. In fact, hundreds of them, along with some other shows that we make here, including Out to Lunch with Peter Aschuti, live from Commander's Palace, true to the game with the very funny Chris True, Midnight Menu Plus One with Margot Moss and the man who ate New Orleans, Ray Canada, along with Louisiana Eats with Poppy Tucker and the podcast about death, Death the Podcast. You can also find other great Louisiana podcasts at acadiana.com and it's batonrouge.la. You can keep up with us on Facebook and Twitter and a bunch of other time-sucking social media as well. And all of it, we're called It's New Orleans. You can find photos from this show on itsneworleans.com and on our Facebook page. These photos are taken by the fabulous Alison Moon, who also made us lemon cupcakes. If you listen to this on your favorite podcast app, Take a moment to stop and rate and review us if you'd like. That helps other people find us. Our show is recorded live today at the fabulous Wayfair on Ferret Street in Uptown New Orleans where they have a three-hour happy hour here every day and brunch on the weekends. Happy Hour is a production of Ino Broadcasting for itsneworleans.com. For Andrew Duhon, everyone else around the table here at Wayfair and back at our office at Ino Broadcasting, I'm Grant Morris. Thank you so much for joining us. We'll see you back here next week for more happy hour.